0: This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Want to become the sort of developer top rail shops like ThoughtBot fight over? Join Upcase today to get the pro training, insider knowledge, access to ThoughtBot developers, and a community of like-minded learners you need. Hone core skills like Vim, Tmux, Git, and Rails by visiting upcase.com slash halfoff to get 50% off your first month of Upcase. Let's get that junior out of your title and start leveling up today with Upcase i
1: don't even know if you're a human or a machine
0: i'm actually half and half well that's that's reassuring i guess
1: hello you're listening to tentative a podcast about digital product design i'm your co-host Lamiden, and with me is the amazing kyle fiedler so hi kyle how are you doing i'm doing pretty good how are you great let's uh let's cut to the chase have you heard of um i don't know exactly how they pronounce it but for like graphical user interfaces we say guis right yeah and there's an equivalent uh with a c instead of the g what what is that it's a conversational ui cooey have you heard cooey before no yeah, I was just like googling it, and I found the CUI. Uh, I heard people saying CUI, and actually, I heard people saying GUI uh, for GUIs.
0: GY. Yeah,
1: and uh, so it's, uh, it's not conventional, I guess. You don't hear it that much, but it's as correct, I guess, as GUI. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is twofold. The first is that one of my current client projects involves conversational UIs and how that actually affects my work as a designer. And the second one is I've seen people talking about it on Twitter and specifically in a sort of like more rational or more realistic way rather than just celebrating the next big move in like user interface's. So I thought it could be an interesting thing to briefly talk about today, uh, before we move on to something else. If we do,
0: if we do, uh, yeah. So the big examples of this GUI interface are are what <laughs> that I sounds know weird. Facebook has like the their what is it called? Facebook M.
1: Oh yeah, that that thing. I I yeah, I-, I know what you're talking about. But what what can you
0: do with it? Uh, I don't know. It's like a... I don't you, have Facebook. Yeah, um, I don't either. And then yeah. the other conversational interfaces that I can think of right off the top of my head are, are Siri and um, what's Google's version of Siri? Google
1: Now? Or I don't know. You Google say now. You say, hey, Google, and you start saying stuff.
0: Hey, Google. And Microsoft. Yeah, it's just like you can... Microsoft. And then Apple ripped that off and said, hey, Siri. And right.
1: And Microsoft ripped both off and now they have like Cortana. So, Cortana, yeah, that's
0: hard to say. Yeah, Cortana. I'm not sure exactly. Do do you say, say Hey Cortana?
1: I I haven't tried, Uh, I think you do. Yeah, you say, Hey Cortana. Uh, And I installed Windows 10, and they're trying hard to push it really hard. Like, the first time you click the start button, you see like a prompt to use it, like to try. And obviously, I didn't because I don't care about that stuff. Siri is the one that affects me most in the sense that I use three or four Apple devices and all of them come with some form of Siri not not the Mac, which is actually pretty weird, given that it's the most capable but probably doesn't make sense and probably does I don't know maybe we will have Siri on the Mac next year, but uh I use it a lot on my phone, or a lot is probably very like not very accurate uh. I I feel like I use it enough to not to be a little bit upset if they take it away, but probably I don't use it as other people do. Uh, and I use it on the Apple I, TV.
0: I use it a bunch, believe
1: it or not. Um, you yes, I use it on the. So Apple I TV. use
0: it to, I use it to change my alarms or set alarms because it's so much faster. Yep. And you can with the most recent update, Siri has gotten really good at recognizing what you want to do. So like if I want to change my morning alarm, I can just say, Hey, Siri, change my morning alarm to seven thirty and it finds the morning alarm that I have and then changes it.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: And it's so much faster than me going into the what was it clock app. Yeah. Clicking on the or tapping on the alarm, hitting edit, and then finally getting to the uh thing. So I use it a lot for alarms. I use it a lot for weather. Yeah. I use it a lot for recording reminders. Yeah. Because it's so easy to just say, hey, Siri, remind me to do this thing. And it goes straight to the Apple reminders.
1: Those are exactly the three things I I use Siri for. And I think Apple are aware of that. They look
0: at the data. So I I know it's, it's starting to get better too yeah like you could say hey siri open this app and as long as you <laughs> i guess have your password you need to have your thumb ready or put in your password before it opens yeah. which is kind of stupid but yeah yeah i think those those are the the things that i'm doing yeah and, and and most it's so the thing is
1: like when you use it you save a lot of time I use it a lot also like for timers when cooking or putting something uh, in the oven or sometimes I just say 20 minute timer and it works and it's so less trouble than having to go find the clock app, go to the timer tab, select new. Actually, I can't remember if you have to select new or not, but in any case, you have to use the picker to select the minutes, you know, the one that rotates has like a 3D effect. And all of that is like so much hassle than just saying, hey, do this this thing. But this is like the question though. If you think about the time that went into making those UIs, like the watch, like app UI, that was like definitely some time put into that, like building the app. But if it ends up not being used in favor of a conversational UI, then the question of will we be doing the same sort of job like five years from now, like when most of computers would actually be smart enough to not require a UI? And is that where we really want to go? Or there are a lot of questions surrounding this specific thing, because like if you look at that, right. the involvement of a interface designer must have been very minimal to show the the messages, and that's pretty much it. And a lot of the logic is handled by this Why
0: I think for Siri in particular, where you're talking, the conversation is spoken, there's still some social norm around that. I probably only do those things when I'm either alone or with my wife, and my wife still makes fun of me for that. Yeah, I'm not going to do that in the middle of the mall because people will look at me like I'm the crazy person. So, either like we as a culture. And maybe this is just US thing. Uh, I imagine it's all over the world. We need to get over the fact that we're talking to a robot in our phone um, before we can just fully get rid of all of those UIs. The other things, if you go back to, I know Facebook's conversational UI is, is text-based, right? Yeah,
1: no, not all of them are voice, of course, and they don't have to.
0: I think they have, behind theirs, they have, for some of it, because it's like a concierge of like, where should I go to eat tonight? Some of it is there's an actual person behind it. Sure. Like a real person? Right. It's not all robot. Okay. AI. Well, one
1: actually very common, uh, not a common example, but one thing that a lot of people would be familiar with are like when you set up an account in Slack. A lot of the things actually you do by having a chat with the slack bot so your name and stuff like that and and that's not really advanced it's fairly like simple but it's a good example of how these uis work uh even when they don't involve voice so basically a conversational ui is any ui that you interact with not by clicking buttons and drop downs and things like that but by saying things either in in voice or in text and in a way it's, it's actually I'm not sure the name actually is accurate because it's an interface is visible by definition or actually not necessarily I guess an interface is anything that stands between two parties trying to communicate so I guess yeah in that case it's probably an okay name for it but the thing I heard from people uh, on Twitter, or at least there was, I think, an article that was going around last week about like how these things are not really new. And also, they're not going to remove the need of having a graphical user in- interface. Just because they work for a very small subset of the problems that like a graphical user interface solves... So things like setting a timer or some task-oriented things can be done very easily with these things. And maybe very easily is the wrong word because nothing that involves uh, human language processing is easy right now. Maybe it's going to be in five years, I don't know. But it's a lot more work than putting a button that says set timer. But also the fact that these like things are not as versatile as the conventional GUI. What what do you think about this? Do you think like there's a point where we will have less need for GUIs? I do have opinions, but I wanted yeah, to no, hear I, yours first.
0: <laughs> I think there will be a point at which we'll need less GUIs. I don't think that'll be anytime soon. Like I think the people who do use Siri on a regular basis are more technical people who are used to their phone my assumption is that most people don't use Siri that often, but it's interesting to see that that's been now included in the Apple TV as well. And where like they did a lot of highlighting of the new Apple TV OS, it's TV OS, right? But they also included Siri in that OS and a microphone in the new Apple remote. So it's, it's telling of companies like Apple and Google And Facebook are all working in that direction. To go back to your Slack example, I think for them, it worked really well. And I think it's one of the reasons that they've had such a success, but they also a text-based interface, right? So like it worked really well because it was natural and because it was basically them introducing you to Slack and then them helping you fill out your profile all in one go and while you were doing it you were having a conversation and while you were having a conversation with a robot or with artificial intelligence or whatever it is behind slackbot you were still having a conversation so it felt more human as opposed to you using an interface which no matter how nice looking the interface is it's still not like you're not having a conversation you're, you you feel more like you're telling the thing what to do as opposed to Siri or slackbot which is like you know, they're asking you questions or you're telling it some sort of input and they're helping you complete the task. Feels more human. It feels more like a conversation. Sometimes, like sometimes they they get you totally wrong. (laughs) And it's very funny (laughs) when they do. I mean, Siri has gotten a lot better over the last few releases. I remember early on, it was basically useless. Yeah, I agree. You had to start with certain commands. And even then, like even setting an alarm, like, It was not nearly as good as what I just said of like Siri changed my morning alarm to seven o'clock. You would have to go in, find the alarm and then change that if it it was an already existing alarm. And what what used to happen to me was like I'd end up with like 20 alarms all set at different times (laughs) and I would just go in and set those. Yeah,
1: definitely got way better, but occasionally would struggle with like names and places and stuff like that you would say like hey um, give me some tips about this game and it would get the game Mm -hmm. wrong but i agree it's a lot more usable and that's why i use it more uh. one interesting thing is that in, in the apple tv there are some types of things you can only do with siri so getting the time and the weather are only possible through siri there's no way in the interface to see the time and i thought that was an interesting choice because I feel like I need to see the, the time when I'm like watching something late at night and I, I want to see if I if it's time to to go to bed or you know and right now the only way to do it as far as I know I'd be very happy if someone corrects me is uh hold the Siri button and just ask what time what time is it and then it would show you the time. And same for weather. I don't care a lot about weather because, you know, I don't need to know the weather while I'm watching stuff. But I think the time is important. And I feel like if they did this on purpose, I feel like it's a little bit sad because sometimes I don't even have enough energy to like, you know, hold the remote and talk. I just like want to swipe or go back to the home screen and see the, the, the clock somewhere. And obviously you can make an app for that. But I feel like it's a hassle. Like Apple could have easily you know, added a timestamp somewhere in the UI. But knowing that Apple like minimalism and all of that, I think that's why they decided not to. And this is actually an interesting thing because a lot of these UIs, uh, like conversational UIs, allow you to clean up uh, the uh, the visual aspect of your app, like the, the actual GUI. And some designers like that because they can show less stuff on screen and focus on other things that just remove all the buttons, remove everything, and just let the content be the only thing that's shown on screen. You can see that, for instance, in Siri. If you ask Siri, like, what's the tallest building in the world? It would just show you the the Wikipedia or whatever article without, you know, you don't have any other UI controls. So in a way, that's interesting because... That's less things to design. But on the other hand, he would start asking questions like, what is my role as a designer if I'm working on something that has a conversational UI? And my current project, it's a quite large project as well. But I wonder, like, how can I be part of that process without having to know too much about human language processing and all of that stuff, which is very, very hard for people who are not in that field. So, it's kind of an interesting thing, uh, especially when you think about it from a product design point of view. It's one of those areas where you have a lot less control than, say, GUI. Because, like, I know my GUI will always look like this in these circumstances. It will always look the same. Whereas, like, a conversational UI, especially one that's backed with an artificial intelligence, it's going to be really hard to um, know how well this thing works and what sort of like results it gives in a specific situation. I guess from a quality control point of view, if, if that makes sense. And even the big companies like Apple and Google have been struggling with this for, for a while. They had to go through like multiple iterations to, to get their tools to work the way they wanted to from a product design point of view, you have a little bit less control because you can't test all possible things with an artificial like intelligence. So it becomes, like, this is a new area for a lot of people and it's interesting like the challenges it's it's presenting.
0: Right, my two cents there is there's still a lot to design. A lot of it isn't going to be visual though, right? Yeah. We still need some sort of interface to have that conversation. So in each one of our examples Google Now has an interface Siri has an interface and Facebook M is it Facebook M has an interface but it could also be that the interface is just a phone number that you text right so yeah. there could be no interface at all too As designers we still need to think about what people will text and and what what jobs people are trying to get done and from that standpoint think of the best kind of conversational experience. And my guess is over the next few years, we'll kind of see some best practices come out of Google and Apple and Facebook of what those are. And Microsoft. Um, (laughs) And Microsoft. Microsoft actually has been
1: doing a lot in this field as well. Like, so like Xbox had that with Kinect for quite a while now. And now like both, the Xbox and the PlayStation have that, but the Xbox is always yeah. ahead in terms of that sort of stuff. And it, it's actually pretty cool. But the thing about a lot of these is that sometimes they're just, as you mentioned earlier, they're not versatile and they're sometimes they're just inappropriate. Putting aside the social aspect of it, which I don't think is just a thing in the U S like think all over the the world. It's, it's going to be an issue to, to be talking to machines, computers, around people but there's another issue where sometimes it's cumbersome sometimes it's easier to just interact directly with the thing you want rather than telling the the computer that i want to do this thing because like it would take you more effort to to do that (laughs) so i guess the thing that i'm that i always like worry about is that like people when whenever like they hear a new like buzzword it becomes their hammer so they try actually to nail like Everything with that hammer, and I think there are in some circles like these conversational UIs are becoming like the new like standard. Like it has to be this, and then only if we fail, we'll we'll try something else. And I think that's wrong because these things work for specific use cases. For instance, like think about the um the work we do, for instance, on like Sketch or or Photoshop. I think it would be really hard to do that with. A UI that they can communicate with you via like human language. So yeah, sure, you can say select this or select that, but shortcuts are a lot actually faster than saying a, a word. And also it's just more versatile because you have so many things you can do and you don't have to remember the name of each thing. Like a lot of people don't even know the names of some tools. They would say, oh yeah, click the sponge icon or... Whatever, like they know how it looks, and but I don't know exactly the name that the app has been using for that specific feature or something. To me, actually, sometimes I think like this is a little bit backwards. Uh, Humans are better with visual things and spatial like memory and less good when it comes to like human language. Language itself is very complicated and it's not precise. And the amount of work that's going to be required to make things go work is insane like even like <laughs> big companies they take years to get something that barely works so to me i would think like you know probably that's even the wrong way we're heading because i would probably prefer just to have things that are visual so say for instance for setting the alarm i would for instance would like if i had th- think of it in terms of like the internet of things where i would have like n- near my bed a button that i can tap and it would set the alarm for me. And yeah, I mean, you have to figure out how to actually like pick the time and all of that. But I think that's probably as good in some situations. Probably I picked the wrong example. But at least I'm pretty sure that's if you have like a knob or like something that like you can use to to set the alarm, it's going to be more universal than a conversational UI. The biggest other problem is that if you want to have a global product, it's going to be almost unfeasible to translate that UI into as many languages uh, as yeah. your users will have. And I mean, Apple, like they spent two or three years with Siri just in like in two or three languages, I think Spanish, English and French or something like that. And then until recently, this, they didn't have even like more than five languages. So it takes crazy amounts of time to do that stuff and and make sure it works across countries and you know there's like just so much going on there are units different like units different languages different things like that so to me i'm not sure like i'm a little bit skeptical about how well these things will 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 do
0: just looking at series evolution of being something that wasn't useful for me at all all the way to something that is fairly useful on a regular basis the one thing that i keep on thinking about because it's awful right now is is car ui and they're more and more they're they're getting into a conversational ui at least here in the united states uh we have something called onstar where you actually talk to a person there's also in a lot of cars they have now bluetooth and a conversational ui around that and it is absolutely awful to like talk to that you have to repeat yourself over and over again it reminds me of siri a couple years ago where you're like You have to say the same thing four times for it to get to work, where it would be much easier to just hit a couple buttons. So there is that trade-off and that balance and making sure that natural language processing can parse multiple languages. And even within the same language, there's different cultures and different ways to say things. Even within the United States, different regions say things differently. So being able to parse all of that is probably very, very tricky to do. But once I think people get it right, it'll be a lot easier to be able to jump in my car and say, Hey, give me directions to Breda's house. <laughs> I <laughs> I would be very worried ocean. if it does. <laughs> like that to me seems a lot more socially acceptable to be able to jump in your car and ask for directions or even like jump in your car and be like, I'm. I want Chinese food tonight, or I want Mexican food tonight. Find me the best close the, the closest best rep Mexican restaurant. Right, that to me seems like it wouldn't be as socially awkward as me pulling up my phone and saying, "Hey Siri, find me the best Mexican restaurant in the middle of like the mall or something like that." Yeah, that's a good point. So I think I think situational, the conversational UI situationally. Um, will be really powerful, especially if we continue down the path of self-driving cars. the The other thing that I was just
1: thinking about now, when you were mentioning like different dialects and all of that, like accessibility. How accessible are these conversational UIs? And I'm blessed because I don't have any issues pronouncing things in different languages so that's a good thing but I would imagine there are some people with trouble getting words in the the speed and the accuracy they want and right. I I wonder like how these things behave in those situations um, and that's one thing that makes me believe that we should never rely on conversational UIs entirely like there there should always be a way to do exactly the same thing using buttons and text. And the same way I think about gestures and like other like things on mobile like force touch and all of that. I think those are fine, but I should always have a way to do the same thing without having to uh do those things because most of them are not accessible to, you know, everyone. And I think the conversational UIs might actually suffer from from that the most is that if you have an accent, for instance, it won't pick up your your words. And I've seen people struggling with that. If you are dyslexic or, you know, like there are a bunch of like issues that some people might have with, with specific, you know, words that they have trouble pronouncing and all of that. I feel like there should always be a fallback. Like, we always had, for instance, fallbacks for stuff we do on websites. Like, always have some HTML, HTML to fall back to if there's no JavaScript. And I think that sh- right. should be this... Well, that's no longer the case now. No one gives a crap, but...
0: Uh, but even having semantic HTML that, that can be screen-readable um, is a fallback. Right, right. The interesting part about conversational UIs is I imagine for, for some people it might be harder... For accessibility but i imagine for some people it might be easier for accessibility yeah
1: sure that's a good point the, and i agree because like, like the the thing about accessibility is like as as soon as one person suffers from something you've got to do something about it you don't use the same rule of like oh sure it's it's the 80 20 rule so if 20 percent of my users are blind i don't care that's not how it works in accessibility if one person has a chance of having some sort of like different like situation than the others, you have to cater to that person too. And I agree that for some people having a conversational UI is better than a GUI. Like that doesn't mean that it's just more uh, accessible to everyone because there is another category of people to whom buttons are, and text are better than actually talking. And in fact, I would say it, there are probably more people having trouble talking then actually, people having trouble like reading text, especially if it's not your native language, or you live in a region where they have a very different dialect of, of that. And it happens in almost every country. You would find a region that have a very strong accent uh, or something like that, and or not just accent. In fact, sometimes when I catch a cold, for instance, I have trouble like saying stuff. Like my my throat is just like is. Is taking a, a vacation. Really, it's not. It's not helping out, right? And it's when you think about accessibility in terms of conversational UIs. It's not just people who are having lifelong issues. I'm talking about people who are like uh, catching a cold, or you know, when you go to a concert or a party, like the next day <laughs> you have trouble like getting words out of out of your mouth. It's just a yeah, thing. for
0: me, I'm I'm thinking about my son who who is two years old and and still learning to talk and he has his own dialect that me and my wife can understand. But like when we bring him to friends or, or uh, relatives, they understand probably one out of every five words that he <laughs> says, just because he doesn't like do the right enunciation or, or pronunciation. He still has made up words that, that he knows what they mean and we know what they mean, but that's just because we've been around him for so long. So like there's, there's that as well. Yeah, um, where like a graphical interface for him is is super easy. Like he can get around an iPad. He can. Yeah. He knows like which app icons are the ones that will get him to his videos. Uh, that kind of it, thing. It's
1: direct. It's direct manipulation versus indirect, which is like whenever mm-hmm. you have language, it's that you, you get into the realm of like indirect. I mean, either communication or manipulation. But like, if I have like three buttons and one of them is red. And I want the red one. If I have a screen with all these buttons and touching the red one is easier than saying, hey, whatever your name is, give me the red one. It's like your brain has to do a lot more work. Like they have to process the data, find the words, like find the word red, and then make your mouth actually make that sound, which actually get picked by the system, analyzed. And if you didn't say it right, it's going to fail. Or it's like... Touching a surface or that's like the the percentage of it failing is very low comparatively, unless you're a big company with a lot of resources right now, it's not feasible. And yeah, you can say, well, sure, but in five years, everyone would be able to do it. Just like maybe a few years ago, having your own server was something really fancy. But now like anyone, anyone can have their own dedicated server whatever. And sure, it might be a thing. Like you, I don't know, Amazon. Actually, Amazon are doing this thing too. Like this thing that you put
0: in your home, and it looks like um, I don't know, it's a cylinder shape. Oh thing. yeah, they have their conversational UI too for their Kindle too. Yeah. Um. And the. the- what is it called it's like rescue or something like that
1: no i um, i am very bad at remembering amazon product names because <laughs> they keep changing them and i know the fire brand that's pretty much all i know uh yeah. but i don't know like specific models or anything like that and also the but, the commercial for that home like uh, device was so bad
0: so <laughs> cheesy that i just like no this their conversational UI is interesting because it gives you a conversation with a real person, which I guess going back to the, my car example um, on star does too. So instead of having a conversation with an interface, you're having a conversation with a real person well, through an interface. I think they call that um, support. <laughs> no. Uh, I think they, so the way that, that Amazon works, and I think same thing with uh, OnStar is they can... I mean, it might be support, but it, it could also be uh, help as well doing the things for you. So you could talk to the Amazon person and you could be like, okay, I want to do this thing, and, and they will they can take over your Amazon Fire and is, uh, do it for you. Can they scale this? Like,
1: how many people <laughs> My, can you hire to do this? I don't this? know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like... This is usually means that someone is underpaid, working long hours. And
0: I don't know, but <laughs> but but the way that um, OnStar works too is like uh, we can call up OnStar and they, we can be like, "Hey, give me directions to this place," and they'll. I mean, it's <laughs> honestly more work than just pulling up my phone, but they'll also do that. They can unlock your car, so they can do things for you that. I mean, I guess you could call it support cuz yeah. when you want to unlock your car, you're more likely to just use your keys unless you don't have your keys, like you locked your keys in your car. That's when having that that UI is
1: Yeah. But to come back to the point I was trying to make is that Amazon might in the next 4 years or something have a you know, a thing that you as a developer Uh, subscribe to and you just, obviously I'm making predictions here, Uh, not even predictions, but this might happen. And I picked Amazon because uh, they're, you know, they've been doing a lot of like server stuff and they're very good with infrastructure and things like that. And my thinking is that maybe in the next few years we will have, every developer will have access to, to that. So you would just like record the voice on your app send it to Amazon they would parse it they would send you back the parsed result and you can do whatever you want with that and maybe you can also map things logical things to I'm I'm not exactly sure how this stuff really works but regardless it might be accessible one day and that would make the argument that it's expensive and hard to to scale on all of that sort of like moot but I still think that even if it's accessible it's not the holy grail. Like it's not. Oh, death to GUIs! Now, like everything should be conversational. Like, and the reasons I think we we just uh, talked about a few of them, being a little bit of accessibility, a little bit of like a social acceptance, which also might change over time. But there will always be like issues. Like, imagine if just everyone is talking to their devices, sitting in a room. That's not doable, even like from a physical point. of Yeah, sure, we can have like voice recognition and all of that, but still, it's not. It's gonna take years to get that to work to anywhere close to the precision of like graphical user inter- interfaces. I think that's that's the point I was trying to make. Is that this is just another tool that now we have a little bit more access to than before, and we might have even more access in the future. But uh, we should always be like you know try, trying to not look at things uh, as like there is this thing now that's the right way of doing things and everything else is like oh that's so passe like this so that's like yeah that's that's old school and the proof is that like to this day the uh, command line interface is very very strong a lot of new tools are made old tools are still being maintained uh, hundreds of developers are using that or computer people yes it's a little bit more niche but like some things also work better on a command line than actually in a gui uh just because you know some things are just meant to be used in a certain way because of their nature and i think these there there was another one at some point like uh, no ui or nuis and i think nui is a way like is a superset of guis oh my god this is getting ridiculous <laughs> Um, what was it? Natural user interfaces, which was the name we were using for the exact same thing three years ago when Siri was shipped. And now we call it Kuiz because we need a new name every two years. Damn it. Damn it, people. You have nothing. <laughs> people should have better things to do.
0: I agree with you. I think there's, there's never probably going to be a point where all we do is conversational UI's. what's going to happen is they're going to work their way into certain tasks like it already has and slowly we'll find more and more uses for them. But like you said, having those fallbacks to a real UI is super important, at least right now. What, what What was your
1: experience with like other conversational UIs that involve text? Do you have any experience
0: with those? And usually what's your expectation when you see one of those? except for Siri all of and I guess Slackbot but Slackbot is very it was a very small use case of like just setting up my account. I don't think that I've had very many conversational UIs where basically I'm the only human in them or at least conversational UIs that I've enjoyed using. Yeah. <laughs> uh like I mean I gave you the car example of having that UI of course, there's those phone UIs where you're on the phone already, and they ask you to say oh, se- like those seven commands. Worst. I hate those. Uh, that's still a conversational UI, right? Yeah, it is. You have to say the command five times yeah, before in fact, it registers.
1: In fact, yeah, that that should have been the first example we we because like
0: that's <laughs> the oldest one that existed. Like the
1: the uh, we're talking about like the phone, like the o- automated like phone system where you pick options and you keep drilling down. Uh, it's right. not really conversational in the sense that it's not really a conversation. It's like, uh, I would say this is a brief, like a, an old form of conversational UIs, like the precursor. Uh, because conversation means that it should be natural, like as if you're talking to a person and the computer is smart enough to know what you want. Whereas in this case, like if you want support, press one. If you want this, press two, which is sort of like just mechanical. But yeah, I I think that that's... That's a good example of like one thing that's quite close to to this that everyone is familiar with,
0: right? I think there the if you want support, say support, and you have to say support three times. But the, again, you're right that that is more of a auditory user yeah. interface. <laughs> Well, there I don't know isn't what to much call. conversation let's come up with a new on. name it's a
1: yeah it's an auditory user interface and spoken and spoken O-I. user
0: interface An AUI. it's AUI? it's no a u i or is it spoken user interface
1: spoken sui sui all right sui you heard it here first people go ahead and, and use that sui do you hear about sui yes the new thing
0: I, yeah I think those are precursors to what a conversational i mean you could honestly say that that Siri is mostly that it's a spoken user interface because most of the time I'm giving Siri one command and it's coming back with the result and there isn't like there isn't a conversation that's happening right sure um, i
1: mean yeah you can you can ask there's Siri no back to, and forth
0: to tell you a joke and it would <laughs> have you tried that right but it's still. You, you giving Siri input and Siri giving you output, there's no, after Siri tells the joke, you don't go back and tell Siri a joke, do you? No. I mean, you you can, (laughs) but it would say, I do not understand. (laughs) I'm like, well, it's
1: your problem. It's
0: not mine. So like, there's no conversation happening. It's, it's you telling Siri what to do and then Siri coming up with a result. Yeah. Whereas like Slackbot is somewhat similar, where Slackbot's asking you a question, you're answering. It's using that that data to fill out your profile, and then asking you another question. But at least in there that example, it's asking you multiple questions over and over again. Um. So that that is somewhat similar to a conversation.
1: Yeah. So to answer the same question I asked you, my expectation usually is very low when I'm dealing with these. And in fact whenever they work I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that they did. Uh, one case where I have been dealing with this is uh, my current career phone career. Uh, they have this support system that's actually a chat automated chat UI. So you say hi and well actually you click I want to chat to support and obviously you know, there won't be a person there first. You're talking to a machine. So it say hi, can you tell me a little bit about what you want to you know, talk to support about, and you would say, "I need to renew my subscription or cancel my subscription," and it's, and it would say, "Well, all right, I get it. Uh, you are this number on the on the line, and you've got like four people ahead of you, blah blah blah." And uh, sometimes it's just like I feel like that's not really the, all of this could have been saved with a couple of drop downs. Select so like your problem. Press OK, and I can see that. Like it, to me, it feels like it, it want to make you feel like you're talking to someone from the support team, but it's clearly not someone from the support team. It's clearly a machine because as soon as you like start typing a lot of stuff, it would just like keep printing that line saying you are the second on the line. Like you know, you are there. Like two people ahead of you and i was like yeah sure i know uh, but
0: i can see why they do that on the phone because you can only talk to one person at a time but why do they do that for a chat so like my experience with those is i always just the only the initial message is like it says to like start off the conversation with what your problem is yeah and so i start off the conversation and then as soon as that starts i'm chatting with the the human but you could also argue that that is still a conversational UI. I mean, if it is in a way, s- yes. Yeah. Some of it is um, automated, not very much, but like, but it essentially is just a chat box. Well,
1: but- in fact, it's like I took the example of support, but sometimes like some companies use that also like to do things like delete an account. And to be honest, I'd rather just have a button click delete account <laughs> because like you have to, all right, hi, hello, I would like to delete my account. Sure, can you provide me with your security, whatever number? And then you give them whatever detail they want. And it's like, can you wait five minutes? And then they will come back and say, oh, your, your account has been deleted. You have 13 days uh, to, you know, if you want, if you change your mind, you can contact us again. And all of this feels to me like just like, and uh, unnecessary, really. Like, just give me goddamn button. Just
0: put, <laughs> put it at the bottom of the of the account but, page. But there, they don't want you to delete your account. Well, yeah, so... and,
1: and this is one of those cases where these serve, like, business purposes more than user purposes. And I feel like a lot of times that's actually the case um, where, you know, someone thinks it's a better idea to make people go through a conversation to be able to do one task of, like you know, changing subscription or whatever. Whereas like yeah. a UI would have been a lot better in that case. Like saves me time, saves them time, uh, saves them also the trouble of parsing all of this stuff and hiring people to communicate uh, with other people. Uh, so yeah, I guess like every other thing, it's easy to be misused by companies uh, who are <laughs> not really thinking about user first.
0: And I feel like... That's not, you know, that's no exception, really. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for listening. You can find our show notes at tentativefm slash <laughs> uh, 19. You can tweet us at tentativefm. You can email us at hosts at FM. And if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. Shout out to Gabriel Kral
1: from Stockholm for his... Endurance. Also, to anyone else who's lis- who listens to the show.